You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! You know what, guys? You know what's hilarious is, is um, you know, when you when you are the person that helps a lot of people, sometimes you don't realize that when you become sucker, you don't realize when the line has been crossed. Because there is a point when selfless slides into sucker. There's a fine line there, and it's okay to get up to the line. It's okay to get up to the line. Sometimes you kind of cross the line, but you have to be careful because you may not have actually crossed the line into sucker. Sometimes you'll think that you're being played for a sucker, but you'll sit back and you look at what happened objectively and realize, no, what happened was just a set of circumstances lined up that pushed things further than they needed to be. Like if there's a friend that needs way too many favors, and at first you think the person has taken advantage of you, and you start to get upset, and then you look objectively at what happens, and you realize, no, the person is not trying to play you for a sucker. The person is not playing games. It's just that a set of circumstances lined up, and unfortunately they were stacked back to back to back to back. And it was beyond that person's control. It was just a situation. You're not a sucker. You felt like a sucker, but you weren't really a sucker. And you got to be careful. You know. You don't know what's. You don't know how close you come to saying things that you don't necessarily want to say, or feeling things that you don't necessarily want to feel. We go through a lot of little indignities during the course of the day that kind of pile up. And individually, they're not really that big of a deal. Individually, you don't really care. When somebody bumps you when they're walking past you, if you're having a good day, you don't give a crap about that. You won't even remember that. If somebody cuts you off in traffic and you are on your way to your girlfriend's house or you're coming home from your girlfriend's house or you're going out to hang with your boys or you just hung with your boys and everything was great, you don't pay attention to that. You just look at that guy smile and go, oh, look at that guy over there. That guy needs to learn how to drive. Why? Because it hasn't stacked up yet. All those things that would make you get really pissed off, you haven't reached the boiling point yet. It's like a like a tea kettle on the stove. Right? There's a whistle on there for a reason because the whistle tells you when the water is boiling. Not It doesn't tell you that the water is almost boiling. There's no whistles that lead up to the main whistle. There's no bell that's on there that tells you that it's halfway to boiling. Right? There's no trumpet that pops out and tells you that the water's starting to get a little bit hot. No, the the whistle comes on when it's at 212 degrees. There's nothing telling you that it's 207 degrees, 197 degrees, 180 degrees, 211 degrees. No, it says, oh, 212 degrees. It's like they're saying, eh, the straw that broke the camel's back. The straw didn't break the camel's back. The straw didn't do shit. It's just a piece of straw. What about all the other stuff that's on the camel's back? The cumulative effect of the things that were constantly piled on the camel's back. Everybody blames the straw. Nobody says anything about the the 16 trunks that was on, on the camel's back before the straw was got, was put on there. Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about the fact that the the back the camel had back problems. Nobody talks about that cat that crap the back the damn camel had scoliosis. Nobody says anything about that. The damn camel was working his ass off nobody says anything about that they just blame the straw the straw did nothing the straw's light you can't blame the straw that's not fair if the straw never came along he could have put us the, the, the guy who put the shit on the back of the camel could have put a spoon in his pocket and then the saying would have been the spoon in the dude's pocket that broke the camel's back and then the straw wouldn't have to go through centuries of slander you slanderous straw slandering bastards <laughs> well, we go through these little indignities, and sometimes there's always that th- there's that thing that happens at the end that just pushes you over the edge. Like I said, you don't you don't pay attention to those little indignities on a regular basis. You don't pay attention to those things your friends and family do on a regular basis. Individually, they're not a big deal, but sometimes the thing, because I'm not going to blame the straw, the thing that breaks the camel's back is something that seems so inconsequential. 
I was having a horrible day and things were piling up and piling up and I still had a little smile on my face because I hadn't reached the boiling point. The border was at 206 degrees, it was hot and it was boiling but like I said if you're not standing right next to the tea kettle and you can hear the water boiling inside you don't know whether or not it's whistling. You ever notice that when you decide that you want to have some tea and you're waiting for the tea kettle to boil and you haven't heard the whistle yet and you walk into the kitchen and it hasn't whistled but you see a little steam coming out and you can hear the water boiling inside the tea kettle? You don't go, you know what? It's 208 degrees. I'm going to wait till it's 212 degrees. No, you put your tea bag in the damn cup. You pour the water out because it's hot. It's close enough. It's only three degrees away. So it never actually whistles and you still get your tea. Right? That's the same way as if you know, if you've noticed that you're getting a little bit pissed off, you're starting to feel that you're angry, you're starting to feel that little things are bothering you, things that normally didn't bother you in the first place, you're starting to get pissed off. But before you blow, before you get upset, before you dig into somebody's ass, when you normally wouldn't have dug in their ass for this thing, that's right, the water's at 208. Don't wait till it boils. What you do is you go, you know what? I'm not going to go home like this because my wife's going to say something and then I'm going to say something mean. Or I'm going to go home and the kid's going to say something and I'm going to put them on punishment when all they said was, Dad, what time is it? What time is it? It's time for your punk ass to go upstairs and give me your PlayStation. But I didn't say anything. Oh, now I'm a dummy, huh? Well, let me tell you something. Now you're not going to the prom, punk. You don't want to do that shit. So you don't, you, you take the glass, you put the tea bag in, you pour some of the water out so it doesn't boil because it doesn't need to boil. You call home. I'm going to be a little bit late You're coming home. I got to take care of something, but I'll be there. And what do you do? You grab a cup of coffee and you sit at the gas station and you look at some ladies walk down the street and you look at some gentlemen walking down the street and you realize life just keeps going on. There's no reason for me to be pissed off. I need to calm down so when I go home, the tea kettle doesn't go off and burn everybody's ass. (laughs) There's so many little indignities during the course of the day. You know, I'm, I'm I'm getting pretty good now at knowing when the tea kettle's at about 202 degrees. You know, hotter than this, hotter than than normal, a lot hotter than normal, but not really, really close to boiling. You know, steam isn't even starting to come out that little hole in the tea kettle. I know how to take some of that water out to make my tea before it starts going. Because <laughs> I remember I came home one time, and I have been I have a, a thing where. You know, on, on several occasions, I don't know why people do this, but people have this habit of parking right in my driveway in front of my damn house. I hate that. Everyone knows I hate that. I, 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 I'm the kind, I, will, I will walk. I actually, this is the truth. I came home and I was really, I was dead tired. I had some food. I just wanted to eat this food. You know what I'm saying? Check some email and go to sleep. I was tired really really tired and it was raining outside and I came back and there was so many parking places and a person parked their truck right in front of my driveway and what that means is that for me to do that I would have to then inconvenience the next person and make them have to park someplace else it would have been nothing but a string of people being inconvenienced and eventually that truck would move and the only thing people would see is my car parked where it shouldn't have been parked and I would have looked like the a-hole and I'm not an a-hole never been one and never will be one So I literally walked all the way down the block ringing everybody's doorbell until I found the person whose truck it was and got them to move their truck. And they come to the door and and I say, is this your truck? Yeah, that's my truck. I'll move it. And I'm thinking they're going to move it. And I'm walking down the steps back to my house in the damn rain with my food, which was not as hot as it should be because I'm getting a jackass to get that punk ass truck from in front of my house. And I look back and they're still talking and finishing the conversation. Keep in mind, all they had to do was move their truck someplace else, come back, and they have all evening to finish the conversation. They didn't need to keep talking. 
And I look back and I was so angry and I realize it right now. Normally I can stop it at 202 degrees and it was now 211.8 degrees. I was about to blow and I said I got to get this person to come down and move this truck before the tea kettle blows and I tell this person exactly what I'm thinking and I got news for you. I use language for a living so I can be very very colorful if I decide to tell you what I'm thinking especially if I'm upset and I can be very 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 let's just say I can use words like a saber okay so I walk back up to the person and I say and like I said it's now 210.9997 degrees and I say hi I, I, I says could you do me a favor I've had a long day I'm very very tired I want to eat my food and I do not want to have to come back outside and move my car. I just want to park in front of my house. Could you move your truck, please? And I don't know what my face looked like, but when they both looked at me, the person that was still in the house that was being talked to and the person that needed to move their truck just knew it was time to move the truck because the guy looked back and said, oh, um, I'm going to move my truck now. And I said, thank you very much. I would appreciate that. And he walked down the street very quickly and moved his truck. And I shook his hand and said, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're a good you know, you're a good man. Because now my tea kettle was back to 207. It didn't blow. It was going to blow, but it didn't blow. I had decided, let's just talk to this person. Let's just take out that glass, put the tea bag in it, and pour some of this water out before the tea kettle goes wee. Because that's one of my pet peeves. And as it turned out, Sorry to slander you, Straw. Him, if he decided not to move his truck at that particular moment, would have been the straw that broke the camel's back, even though you shouldn't blame the straw, you straw-slandering bastards. It's a lot of little indignities we go through during the course of the day. <laughs> you know. But one of the things that I learned, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm at the point now where I don't even let my water get past 180. Uh... <laughs> As soon as it gets around 180, I go, okay, I got I to gotta put a stop to this, you know. And that's still hot enough to make tea, by the way. But it's actually hot enough to make tea you can actually drink without having to blow on it too much. So I've gotten really, really good at knowing how to make sure that my tea kettle doesn't go over. So do me a favor, you sick bastards. Because it works for me. Hopefully it works for you sick bastards, too. Get really, really comfortable at finding out when you when your tea kettle is about to blow. Make sure that you take a good look at it. Pay really, really close attention. And make sure you know how to stop it when it's just bubbling, but before the fucking tea kettle goes wee. Because when the tea kettle goes wee, that's when you jump out of your car and choke somebody to cut you off in traffic. And that's when you smack somebody in the head when you when you shouldn't smack somebody in the head. And that's when you get into a bar fight. And that's when you make really, really bad, stupid, dumb decisions that you don't want to make, or that you shouldn't make, and that I don't want you to be making. So do that for me, you bastards. Do that for me. When it's about to blow, before it blows, get out your glass. Slap your tea bag in the glass. Throw that sugar in there. Pick up the kettle and pour out some of that water, damn it, before the kettle goes wee. Because you don't want the kettle to go wee. Because if the kettle goes wee, then the police officer sirens are going to go wee, 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 wee. And you don't want that. Because then you be in big trouble and it's not a good thing. And quite frankly, I don't need none of my podcast audience in jail because I, I like having podcast audiences that are not in jail because it's, it's, it's easier for you to download the podcast and listen to it if you're not in jail being sold for cigarettes or getting your ass whooped because you didn't have enough sense to stop the tea kettle from blowing. I'm trying to help you, you bastards. You dig? <laughs> segment over 
Folks, let me tell you something. Let me ask, let me tell you something. And this is my theory, gosh dang it. My theory is that you don't know how fragile an ecosystem is until it's tested. You have no idea. An ecosystem could be as fragile as something as a, as a as a thin sheet of paper, or it could be as tough as a center block. You don't know until it's tested. It's the same thing in nature, man. It's the same thing. If you see an Amazon rainforest, an Amazon rainforest is fragile, but we didn't know that. Until we started cutting down all the trees and killing the animals, then we saw how fragile it was. You take one thing out of an ecosystem, and sometimes the ecosystem will turn into a pile of crap. I'm telling you that's the truth. And it's the same thing in your your regular life. I knew a guy who was a part, his ecosystem was the bunch of dudes he hung around in that neighborhood. And he was the biggest, strongest guy in the neighborhood. And I never saw him in a fight because, quite frankly, when you're that size, no one's going to fight you. And every time he would get into an altercation, he would just use his massive size. And people would see the big, giant bastard, and they would just back down. He'd go, he didn't actually do that, make that sound. I just couldn't remember what he said because I was too busy getting the hell out of the way. And somebody would give him a hard time and he just and the people would just back down. And his ecosystem was fragile, but he didn't know it. Why was his ecosystem fragile? We didn't know he couldn't fight and he had a glass jaw. Who would want to test this glass jaw? You see this big mountain of a man and the last thing you want to do is try to kick his ass. Well, one day he ran across the guy and the guy backed down, but but it wasn't enough that the guy backed down. This time he wanted to flex his muscles and for some reason He hit the man because he wanted to prove how tough he was. Even though it wasn't necessary, we just assumed he was tough because he was the size of a small country. What he didn't realize was that the guy he knocked down didn't want to fight because he knows how to fight really well. And he knows if he gets into an altercation, he'd kick the crap out of the person he's fighting. Sometimes when you have a lot of power, you back down because you have too much power. It's like if you punch a guy in the face and he's got a gun. If you punch him in the face and he's got a gun and he's hurt but not injured, he'll back away because he knows he can pull out a gun and shoot you and kill you. And then he'll, he could wind up in jail. He knows that. But why take him? Or he could do the self-defense thing. But either way, there's a chance he could go to jail and he doesn't want to deal with the repercussions. He has greater power than you. You don't know he has greater power than you, but he has greater power than you because of the concealed weapon. Well, in this particular case, his concealed weapon, the man who was struck by the giant man, his concealed weapon was his ass-whipping ability. Because when the big guy knocked him down... He held his face and said, you really shouldn't have done that and proceeded to whoop his big ass. I'm telling you, he beat the crap out of him. The only thing that was missing was sweet Georgia Brown from the Harlem Globetrotters music that he was doing all sorts of Harlem Globetrotters shit on. Right cross. Body slam. Pimp slap. Right, yeah. Kicking him in the face while he's on the ground. Picking him up. Pimp slapping him again. Pouring a beer over his head. Slapping him again. Punching him in the face, knocking him. Whooped his ass. Now, how fragile was that man's ecosystem? The big man didn't realize his ecosystem was fragile because it had never been tested. He had never introduced someone with substantial ass ability into his ecosystem. And that's what ecosystems are like. You don't know how fragile or how strong they are until you introduce something else. And that's the problem. It's the truth. It happens everywhere. If you don't think an ecosystem is fragile, introduce the wrong person into your household. Now, ecosystems can actually be strengthened by things as well. Sometimes you see a natural habitat that's going down and then man comes in and takes away the toxins and the poisons and what happens? Bam! It starts to grow. It starts to sprout. You start seeing flowers and trees and animals start coming back. That's a positive addition to the ecosystem. There was an ecosystem that was decaying. You introduced man into the ecosystem. Man was a positive to the ecosystem and the ecosystem a 
springs back to life. Uh, back to life. You know what I'm saying. I don't remember the rest of the words of that song, and I wouldn't sing them any because I can't sing, and I think you already know that. Shut up. Now back to the story. But when you think in terms of ecosystems, everything, every time something is added to the ecosystem, it's always the ecosystem plus the thing. Because at the beginning, you don't know what the effect is. When man came into that ecosystem that was decaying, it was the, eco the decaying ecosystem plus these dudes. And if the dudes made it worse, it would be an ecosystem that decays faster because of these bastards. They would become part of it. They would become part of the ecosystem, but it would be become part of an ecosystem that was decaying. But in this case, it was part of an ecosystem, and they became part of the ecosystem, and then it sprouted back to life. I'm not going to sing that hook again. But your household's the same way, if you really, really think about it. I've lived with women before, and I remember in one instance there was a girl that I was... Well, actually... I, should, I mean, I've lived with women, but in this particular, I just remembered in this particular case, I didn't live with this girl, but we were over, over each other's places so often and getting it on so often that it seemed like we, okay, actually she was in my place too damn much, okay, but that's, I'm not, that's all I'm saying, because I don't want her to get mad at me because she's a black belt. <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want her to Ronda Rousey my ass, shut up, don't judge me. Anyway, so she's there and she invites a friend of hers over to, to the place. And usually the girlfriends are huge pains in the asses. They are the poison that comes into the ecosystem. It's the ecosystem of the relationship plus the new lady who comes in to hang out with the girlfriend on vacation for three weeks or a month or whatever the hell her job had her in town for. And she's going to be around a lot. And she's been added to the ecosystem. And if you have an ecosystem that's doing well you don't want to add anything just on the chance that it could be poison to the ecosystem you don't want that in there hell no oh no but much as in, in, in the earlier part of this rant when i talked about an ecosystem that was decaying where man was added to the ecosystem and took out the toxins and the poisons and it sprouted back to life not gonna sing the hook and what happened was that was a positive thing and in this instance this ecosystem was actually doing very well and if your ecosystem is doing well like i said you don't want to add anything to it but unfortunately i thought something was being added to it her friend uh, coming to town and staying with us but as it turns out the friend was a freaking delight she was she was a, a lovely lady I was about to say lovely young lady, but I mean, I was the same age as she was, so she was young then, and so was I. You don't call someone young when you're young at the same time, but you get the point. Shut up. Back to the story. So she comes in, and she's actually, like I said, a delight. She was fun to be with. You know, she 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 made my girlfriend at the time very very happy because she got to see her old friend. As it turns out, this young lady and I had a whole lot in common. We actually liked each other so much so that if I had met her in an other instance without the girlfriend, she would be a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. Not somebody I would date, but okay, I, I would date her because <laughs> she was kind of hot. But that's, the, that's beside the point. But what I'm saying is we would have been friends anyway. So now you have this wonderful new person who comes in, makes the girlfriend happy, is fun, is, is cool to hang out with me, and who is such a cool, moral, intelligent, wonderful human being, the girlfriend did not mind leaving me with her because she trusted me and trusted her. So now there was none of that other sexual tension dynamic crap. None of that. This person was added to the ecosystem. And what did she do when she was added to the ecosystem of that relationship? She made my girlfriend happy. She made me happy. I actually got more delicious buttocks when she was in town because my girlfriend was even happier and I was already getting tons of delicious buttocks. I didn't even want her to leave. You know, she was added to the ecosystem and everything was great because she was a wonderful woman and fun to be with. But she wasn't the only visitor. No, she wasn't. Another person came into town. Another friend. Let's just say the exact opposite effect. 
She comes in and she's negative about everything. It wasn't like she came into town and was nice to the girlfriend and mean to me. I could take that. If she made my girlfriend happy and she was in town for a couple of weeks, I would suffer through her punk ass for a couple of weeks and let her be a negative piece of crap. Okay, not a problem. I would talk to my girlfriend afterwards if she didn't notice she was being the piece of crap and I would say she was really mean to me. We, I, I mean, I, I love you to death, but I can't have this nasty piece of crap in the house. You know what I'm saying? We can't do that anymore. But I would put up with it in the initial. I would do that. That's the kind of guy I am. I would put up with it if she was happy. But this person, when added to the ecosystem of us, was a negative. This chick was an oil slick in the middle of the rainforest. You understand what I'm saying? She was a bunch of people with clubs that was looking at two baby seals and practice swinging. That's what she was, damn it. She was an airplane crashing into the river. That's what she was and leaving all sorts of gas and parts all over the place. Okay, she was a, a wolf going into the chicken house. I'm tired of running up and coming up with different ways of saying that the lady sucked. She comes in, she's mean to my girlfriend, and right there, I don't like her. And she started being mean to me, and I already didn't like her. But my girlfriend at the time was such a nice person. She put up with this crap the whole time, getting talked down to by this tub of crap, this walking snot rag of a human being who should have been rolled up and thrown in the trash can. Yeah, that's right. I said it. This person sucked. So whenever this person would go out on a date with a guy, she, of course, was nice to this guy because she's a freaking phony. Yeah, I said it. She sucked. So she's making her miserable. She's making me miserable. And she would go off on a date. Now, she left and the, you know how sometimes when something smells really badly, even if you take the offending substance or object out of the room, the room still stinks. Much like when a person who's upset stomach leaves the bathroom, if they flush the toilet and the offending substance has been moved from the home, but the odor of that the offending substance is still in the room. If you're in a car or an elevator with someone who has on stinking perfume and you're riding from floor two to floor 18, you smell like old to the stinking bastard that was on the elevator. Yeah, I said it. And the odor of her stinking ass attitude and her stinking ass personality was just around the house even after she left. And I really think I actually heard the toilet flushing sound every time this piece of crap walked out the door. Every time I wanted to hit her in the back of the head with a roll of toilet paper. But I didn't want to have to do that to the toilet paper because the toilet paper didn't do anything bad to me. That's how bad this person sucked. So when she was added to the ecosystem of our home, it was a poison being added to the ecosystem. And even though that ecosystem was not necessarily fragile, it was not thriving the way it was before. With the first person who was a pleasant person, we were already happy. Then you bring in this wonderful human being and it turbocharged the happiness. Okay? You, we were already happy. You bring in this awful person. She couldn't ruin our time, but she did kind of put a damper on everything. And when she left, it was great. When she left, essentially, it was the equivalent of them finally cleaning up the oil spill on the lake and washing off the birds with toothbrushes finally everything the offending substance was was gone now it took a little while for the funk of her evilness to be washed away because every once in a while one of us would see something that reminded her of us us of her you know like um you know one of those army movies where somebody got their foot blown off you know anything that re reminded you of pain because the woman was painful to be around why because she was a big pile she was a pot full of guano jump that she sucked i, I do I, have i made it clear that i didn't like this person I, i'm not sure i don't i don't know if i've made enough uh uh, examples of how much she sucked have i are you, you, you that's when to let everybody know that that person was horrible <laughs> but what i'm saying is when you add things to the ecosystem sometimes it messes it up you never know. It's just like I said in your household. You don't know what bringing somebody else is going to do. 
the ecosystem of the household could be just you living by yourself and bringing someone else in. You know, you have, you have you have your system set up in the house. You know where your dishes are. You know where your plates are. You know where the trash can goes. You know when there's trash day. You know you don't like anybody eating in the living room. You know you don't like anybody smoking in the car. You know you don't like when anybody does this. You know when you you know you you like the toilet paper to roll from the bottom or from the top. You know you know these things. You have them down. And then when somebody comes in, sometimes they'll make a little bit of a change, and you'll go, you know what? I don't like that, but I can tolerate that. The rainforest. The rainforest was fine before we got there. Now, if you put another animal in the rainforest and the animal doesn't destroy the plants and doesn't eat too much of the animals that live there, it's not a problem. That animal animal will be absorbed into the ecosystem. But once it starts to become, you know, it starts to mate and make more and more and more of itself and then starts to eat everything, then you got a problem. It's the same thing when somebody comes in your house and you can deal with them. Okay, you got a roommate now, but they're cool. They got their thing, I got my thing. I know there's going to be some kind of, you know, uh, there's going to have to make some concessions, and that person's going to have to make some concessions. It may be a little annoying, but I'll get used to it. Uh, we'll absorb, we'll merge our ecosystems, and we'll become an ecosystem in and of itself. It'll be me and this guy sharing an apartment, and it's cool. And then his friends come over, and they are pieces of shit. And they f- Foul up your house. You thought I was going to curse, didn't you? But I did curse. I said shit, but you thought I was going to say fuck. Damn. I said I didn't mean to say fuck, but I just said it. Sorry. And they foul up your house. And you're thinking these pieces of shit. Because this is an instance where the animal comes into your habitat. You have the apartment first. And this animal comes in. You're trying to save money on rent. You don't necessarily need them, but you'd like to save the money. And you bring this animal in, and it breeds. And then in the wild, it'd be an animal that breeds and breeds and breeds and breeds and breeds and starts to take over the forest and eat too many animals. And in this case, the animal, the other animal, because you're an animal too, comes into the habitat and breeds. And in this instance, it doesn't breed meaning making babies. It breeds meaning brings in other people that are equally annoying. You can deal with the one annoying person but the five other douchebags that come into the house and put their feet on the couch they didn't pay for and leave pizza boxes all over the place and piss all over the toilet seat and get drunk and piss in the sink and get drunk and piss in the toilet piss in the in the tub and not only did they get drunk and piss in the tub they get drunk and piss on somebody in the tub that's also drunk <laughs> some of these things actually happen by the way <laughs> But it's really weird because you don't, like I said, you don't realize how fragile an ecosystem is until you introduce new things to the ecosystem. You know. So all I'm saying, my friends, is do what I do. I know my ecosystem isn't fragile. My ecosystem will never be fragile. But that doesn't mean I want some wild animal coming in, eating up my shit. Hell no. So I'd rather have the animal fence the hell out so it can't get in because I'd rather do that than have the animal come in and mess up stuff and then I gotta put my hunter outfit on and shoot the bastard. I don't want to do that. Okay, I do want to shoot the bastard, but you get arrested for shooting the bastard. So it's better to keep the bastard out of your ecosystem so you don't have to shoot the bastard, even though you want to shoot the bastard. So please, keep him out. Don't shoot him. That's my public service announcement for you bastards. That's right, I said it. Segment over. You know what, folks? I just want to say one thing. The real world is an actual thing. You know what? 99.9% of what you're involved with is the real world. And it's okay to live in the real world. It's okay to be a part of the real world. It's okay to accept the, the, the fact that you're living in the real world and stop trying to live in fantasy land. Fantasy land sucks. Fantasy land is like trying to, trying to build a house on quicksand. It's not a good idea unless the house is full of people that you don't like and you don't mind them sinking in quicksand 
quicksand, but you probably shouldn't do that because that would be mass murder and you'd be in jail. And I think you know what's going to happen to you when you were in jail. I'll put it to you this way. You got rid of those people because the quicksand, the building you put on the quicksand sank deep into the quicksand. And those people in jail, when they find out that you think you're so tough, are going to sink quickly into your quicksand. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I said it, punks. But I'm tired of all this fake crap. I'm sick and tired of it. I love being on the internet. I love looking at pictures on the internet. But what I really love on the internet is anything that's actually real. That's why people want to see real people. People want to have stars that act like real human beings. If you notice, all the stars that are down to earth are the ones that have the long ass careers. Why? Because you can see yourself in them. They're real people. I hate all sorts of fake crap. I hate when I turn when I look turn on the internet and I turn on the internet like the internet is a device. I hate when I go on the internet. Shut up, punks! You don't you don't, you don't everything you say isn't perfect either, you bastards. But you go on the internet and you see a picture of your favorite movie star, your favorite rock star, and that crap is photoshopped. And I'm sitting there going, this person is already gorgeous and already has an incredible body. And even though that's enough, their existence as a as a small percentage of the population with that extreme good looks and body and genetics and talent already without the photoshopping and the helping and the enhancements is already an ideal in the dream of other people then these bastards have to photoshop them and make them thinner and take and make the ribs this way and make the butt and boobs this shape and that and put the muscle on and take the muscle off and make them taller make the neck skinnier and then they make the skin look this way and then and then they, they, they and all that crap they're already better than us in, in your estimation and what we've been trained to like. We already think of them as better than us in their natural state. And then these bastards actually do some kind of Photoshop magic to make them even better than that. You ever, you ever see one of those guys, there's a fitness models on one of those magazine covers and you see him with the perfectly shaped abs. Each one of the little squares in the abs is perfectly shaped. Guess what? That doesn't exist in the real world. Somebody photoshopped that crap. And even before the photoshop, this guy dieted and exercised and did a specific diet and drank this and licked that and drank that did these push-ups ran here did this ate this did that did this and did the double and ran on this and lifted that and twisted this and had a personal trainer grab that through this this and a pilates guy comes in and helps him do this that and the other just for the specific moment the specific small time period maybe it was a couple of days they trained to at that specific time the same thing with bodybuilders they train for six seven eight nine ten twelve weeks so they'll peak on a specific day for that specific competition so they'll know that they look a specific way for that competition they don't look that way all the time i've known people that either were going for their pro cards or just got their pro cards or were bodybuilding and guess what between competitions, these basses wanted to have ice cream. Between competitions, they wanted cheesesteaks. Between competitions, they didn't work out the same way they worked out when they were going for a competition. Why? Because they wanted to be at the absolute peak in a specific moment. But unfortunately, that specific moment is what we judge ourselves by. The person who actually took the photo doesn't look like that three weeks later. The, the model that you saw or the, the, the supermodel that you saw doesn't look like that when you see her in person. She doesn't look like that three days after the damn photo shoot because she lets she stop sucking in her stomach. And we want to be that. I got news for you. Women sometimes get stubble in their armpits. Sometimes they don't shave their legs. Sometimes they have blotches of skin on their face that aren't the right, the same color as everything else. Sometimes they have teeth that are a little bit crooked. Sometimes their necks aren't as skinny as they look on the magazines. Sometimes singers don't hit the perfect notes. Sometimes they fart and they shit and they piss. And sometimes they fall down and sometimes they burp. And sometimes they look nice and dumb when they eat their sandwiches sandwiches okay they're not perfect so why are we sitting there trying to be perfect when the people that we're being tricked into thinking are perfect those bastards aren't even perfect i hate fake crap
You're driving down the street in your car and you think your car is great. You love your car. Your car does the job. Your car gets you where you want to go. It always comes on when you need it to come on. It always does. You can trust your car. You don't even have to think about it. But all of a sudden, you're driving down the street and you see a more expensive car. And now, all of a sudden, you're not happy with the car you're driving. Why? Did anything change about your car? Did your car stop being reliable all of a sudden? Did your car start getting bad gas mileage? Is your car ugly now? No. You were taught, well, yeah, your car is okay, but if you don't have that car over there, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't even know why you haven't just jumped out of a window and killed yourself already. I mean, this look at the car I have and look at the car you're driving. I mean, quite frankly, if I were you, I would just, I mean, I would just take that car and just I would push it off of a cliff. I know you still have 85 payments on it, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Why? <laughs> I don't even understand. In fact, I should. In fact, I'm not. In fact, as we finish this conversation, I'm going to look in another direction. Why? Because you're not worthy of looking directly into my eyes because you drive that car over there. Well, my car is a don't tell me the make and model of your car because I don't want the picture of that subhuman car in my mind because I drive this and you drive that and you're scum. You do that with your spouse, too. You sit there and fantasize about that jackass on the television. I actually had a girlfriend say to me once, well, you know, it's not like you're Denzel Washington or something. And I'm sitting there going, no, I'm not Denzel Washington. I'm S. Anthony Thomas. And then Denzel Washington isn't S. Anthony Thomas. Yes, he's a big movie star. He's actually one of my favorite actors. But if you think I'm going to think of myself as inferior to another guy, you're crazy. No matter what somebody else has, they're not me. And no matter what I have, I'm not that guy. It doesn't make that guy better than me, and it doesn't make me better than the other guy. So if that's what you're trying to foster, if you're trying to make me feel inferior to another human being on something that's not important, you are crazy. Well, don't you want Halle Berry instead of me? Uh, no. No, I would not. You see... I wouldn't leave you for Halle Berry just because she's Halle Berry. Is she, all, is she awesome looking? Sure. But I happen to think you're awesome looking as well, which is why I keep getting it on with you on a regular basis, which is why I'm very, very happily calling you my girlfriend, which is why I walk down the street hand in hand with you, which is why I like getting it on with you. I just wanted to say that again because hopefully this fight won't escalate to the point where it will deny me the access to your delicious buttocks <laughs> it, 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 it already denied access to your delicious buttocks oh this is going to be an awkward uh, awkward dinner <laughs> oh you caught me looking at that waitress's ass well you just told me I can't have any access to your delicious buttocks so when I go home I'm going to think about the waitress's delicious buttocks while I do stuff and I should not have said that out loud should I <laughs> what I meant it was I was, was going to go home <laughs> and think of your delicious buttocks. Why it's too late now? Yeah, it's too late, isn't it? I pretty much ruined it, didn't I? <laughs> but back to the story. But let me say this, man. You know, we always do that. We always try to sit there and fantasize about what something else is, or what somebody else is, or what somebody else has, and they got a better house than I have, and she has a better. They have a better car than I have, and he's taller than I am. I'm only five eight. He's six two. Well, that means he's a better human being than I am, right? No. I. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you watch a porno film. I'm not jealous of anybody in any porno films. I'm never going to be in a porno film. I mean, I could. <laughs> Uh, my ex-girlfriends are going to hear this and they're going to say, no, you can't. Yeah, well, 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 neither could you. Okay, how about that, ladies? Who says that you would be, well, actually, some of you actually could be in porno films. Not just because of the way you look, but be, I remember some stuff. <laughs> Man, there was some good women back in the boy. I was with some real good women. Good Lord. I'll be with you guys in a minute. Good Lord, those women were awesome. Well, even in this fantasy scenario where they're saying mean stuff about me, I still would like to. Okay, back to the story. So what I'm saying is, Let's stop trying to be things that we're not, man. Let's realize that the people who are photoshopped in a magazine, they're no better than you, damn it. They're just wonderful people who happen to be really talented in, 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 a, in an industry where a lot of people know who they are. They're not more important than you, lady. You're a plumber. Okay? You're just as important as Katy Perry. 
and I would like to get it on with you just as much as Katy Perry. Actually, more so because I actually have a shot at you because you're right now under my sink, fixing my pipes. <laughs> I should have just said because you're much more attractive, and, and that was not a good enough compliment. Uh, so oh, remember, oh, oh so you, you were only going to charge me $100 because you thought I was kind of cute. But because I just said that, you're going to actually charge me the right price. <laughs> and it's actually $250. So basically me saying stupid shit just cost me $150. <laughs> this day this day's not going good. This day is not going good at all. Okay, back to the story. So what I'm saying, folks, is if you got a car and the car was running good and you're happy with your car and it's clean and it starts when it needs to start and it gets you good gas mileage, be happy with your car. Drive your car. Enjoy your car. Don't worry about that Tesla that just pulled up next to you. It doesn't matter. That car is awesome, but your car gets the job done and you were happy with your car before. Don't let that Tesla that pulled by you make you feel inferior with your car. Don't let it happen, damn it. And as a human being, don't feel inferior because of the movie star or the rock star or the bodybuilder or the sex symbol. Don't think that you're less than that person because you're not, damn it. You are not less than that person. You're just as good as them. You just happen to look different. Don't you ever let anybody make you feel that way again. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Hit the pause button, please. <clears throat> oh, God. You think any, you think any of my, uh, my vastly... My quickly growing podcast audience believes any of that crap. <laughs> I got news for you. I want this podcast to become huge. It's, it's, it's a nice little podcast now. And I got some nice listeners and they're really, really cool. And they're bringing people back. And I can see the audience has actually been steadily growing since day one. So hopefully at some point in the future, I'm going to become very, very famous. And uh, I got news for you. All of that shit I just said is complete horse shit. I think people that have been photoshopped are infinitely better than any of these losers listening to me. And quite frankly, when I become famous, I ain't doing nothing but banging women at a ten and a half. That's right, I said it. And if anybody, I mean, I got a Camry right now, but the second I can afford a Tesla, not only am I never going to drive the Camry again, I'm only going to have the Camry so I can walk into the garage and spit on it because I'm so much better than the Camry. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I said it. I'm gonna walk into the garage and look at the camera and go, <laughs> "Remember when I was middle class, and spit right on it?" Yeah, that's right. And then I'm gonna have pictures of my old girlfriends who I thought was attractive at the time, but they were just eights and nines. And at that time, I'll be famous and rich, and I'll be dating ten and a halves. And then what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have my new hot supermodel, perfect body girlfriend who looks so good that they actually Photoshop her to make her uglier, so she's just a ten, so people think that she's human. And we're gonna walk past pictures of my old girlfriends, and I'm gonna sit there with my beautiful genitals. And she's going to sit there with her perfect body and we're going to point to them and laugh and go, ha ha ha, you're just pretty, but she's perfect. That's right. And then we're going to spit on those pictures. Just attractive. Yeah, you make me sick. And then we're going to get it on on top of my Tesla. OK, we're not going to get it on top of the Tesla because the Tesla's paint is probably very, very fragile. But we'll get a picture of the Tesla and make a sheet out of it and go to the bed and get. You know what? I don't want to do that either because uh, because I actually I actually really want to make it. Uh, we'll, we'll, OK, we'll get it on. Well, at that point, I'll be so rich. We could actually do actually get it on on top of the Tesla so we'll actually get it on on top of the Tesla and then as we reach that moment of ew I'll go yeah girl and we'll both look out the window look at the Camry from my previous regular person life <laughs> what a loser I am right now compared to them and then I will spit on the Camry again and spit on the picture of the old girlfriend that's right ugh but my audience doesn't need to know that. They probably think of me as what I am now, a really nice guy. But I look forward to selling out and being a huge hypocrite and spitting on my old Camry and spitting on pictures of the old girlfriends who I still think at this particular moment are super duper attractive. But I'll think of them as less so when I'm nailing supermodels when getting it on on top of my Bugatti while I 
than Tesla. I'll actually stack a Bugatti and Tesla together because I'll be so rich. It doesn't matter if I break them. I'll just be able to buy other ones for myself and my three supermodel girlfriends. Yeah, that's right. In the middle of this thing, I got two more supermodel girlfriends. And who cares? It's my fantasy. So shut your mouths. Okay, you can pause, you can take it off pause. I just wanted to get that off my chest. The last thing I want is my podcast audience knowing that that's the future. Ready? Go. Anyway, guys, um so what I'm saying is whatever you do, make sure that you always think highly of yourself. Never think of anyone as better than you because quite frankly, I'm no better than you. No one's better than you. I think much of you. I think you're you're wonderful human beings. I'm just like you. And even in the future, if somehow I'm fortunate enough to have this little podcast become some kind of big deal and I become a big star, I want to let you know right now that I will still really dig all of you and nothing will change. <laughs> Hit the pause button again. I'm sorry. I almost vomited when I said that bullshit. I'm going to change. I'm serious. The second I get that first big check, my new podcast will be called S. Anthony Says to Hell with Your Bastards. There will be the name, the new name of my podcast, and there'll be nothing they can do about it. Because at that point, I'll be rich and successful and powerful, and they're going to want to be like me, and they're going to take all the abuse because they love my work. <laughs> okay, you can unpause it. So, anyway, guys. I just want to say that you guys are the greatest and I enjoy performing for you. <laughs> Segment over, you wonderful people. Segment over. Okay, folks, let's talk. Let's talk brass tacks here, damn it. Let's talk. I'm going to talk about something I'm really getting sick and tired of. I'm getting sick and tired of people saying that stupid saying, I really wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I just heard somebody say that dumb crap a little while ago. And I'm saying, yeah, yeah, you would. But everybody wants to try to make them sound like they're better persons than they actually are. And I got news for you. You're not that good of a person. You know damn well you've wished horrible stuff on your on your worst enemy. I don't even have enemies, but when I did have enemies, I wished all sorts of crap on them. Yeah, that's right. I said it. I wished all sorts of crap. When I was in high school and there were these dudes that were kicking the crap out of me on a daily basis. And one day this guy was throwing a football. One of the bullies was throwing a football to the other bully. And that bully ran out into the street and a car almost ran his punk ass over. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was hoping that car ran over his punk ass. And yeah, I said now does that make me a bad teenager at the time I don't think so I felt guilty about it I felt guilty when I went home oh my goodness I can't believe that I wanted that car to hit that bastard and you know what I really wanted that car to hit that bastard but I felt guilty about feeling that way and that's a bad thing no, not when I say that's a bad thing. No, I don't feel like it's a bad thing to want that stuff to happen to the bastard. I think it was a bad thing to feel guilty about wanting that stuff to happen to the bastard. One of the things I don't under, one of the things I want to say to everybody is it's okay to want bad stuff to happen to jerk offs. Yeah, that's right. I said it. It's okay to want bad stuff to happen to your worst enemy. Who cares? First of all, the bad stuff that you want to that you want to have happen to your worst enemy is not going to happen in the first place. It never happens because the stuff you wish on your worst enemy is so over the top bad that it couldn't possibly happen. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what I wanted to happen when I was a teenager and one of the guys that was kicking the crap out of me because I happened to be smart and I, and I was smaller than those guys at the time. You know what I wanted? I wanted that car to run his punk ass over. I wanted the guy to go around the block, get some tires that were had spikes in them, come back around, run his punk ass over again, then back over his punk ass. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Now, I knew that wasn't going to happen. There was no possibility of that happening. Of course it wasn't going to happen. So I shouldn't have felt guilty about wanting it to happen. You should not feel guilty about wanting bad stuff to happen to people if you know the bad thing can't possibly happen. So I say if you have a bad, a worst enemy, wish all sorts of crap on the bastard. Wish the bastard catches on fire and falls into a vat full of gas. Wish that, I, that's right, I said it. And anything else you can think think of wish that crap on the bastards yeah that's right 
You see, I'm one of those guys that, that I, I, I'm one of those guys that feels guilty about things on a regular basis. Let me tell you how this this will show you how guilty I feel about things, even though I'm generally a good person and I've never stolen anything from anyone. I've never broken any kind of laws. I don't I, a lot of my friends until they realize how incredibly charming, talented and funny I am. Used to think of me as like he's a goody two shoes type of guy. Yeah, that's right. Then I stabbed all of them. Yeah, I said, I'm a goody two shoes. Well, here's two shots with this knife in your ribs. And then I stabbed all of them and killed them. Yeah. Okay, that did not happen. And I don't think you believe that that happened in the first place. But I said it because it was interesting. Shut up, punks. But I'm telling you right now, we all, I feel guilty about things. And this is how far I go feeling guilty about things that I shouldn't feel guilty about in the first place. Here's an example. You would all know what it's like to have a celebrity that you find attractive, that you want to get it on with, that you go home at night and when, you, when you're thinking about something, when you have a dream, uh, that you, if you're a guy, you're on top of that celebrity doing all sorts of things and she's going crazy. And if you're a woman, you're on top of that guy doing all sorts of stuff and he's going nuts and they're going so nuts that they can't believe they didn't, they lived a life without you and they don't ever want to live life without you again. They would give it all up just to get it on with you and to be your spouse or significant other if you don't believe in marriage you've had that fantasy about somebody maybe it's a rock star maybe it's a movie star maybe it's a hot person you met at the train station or on an airplane that you'll never see again but most of the time it's probably a celebrity of some course sort right well i'm just like you damn it there's certain celebrities i'd like to bang the crap out of and if they're single i don't mind i don't feel guilty about wanting to bang the crap out of him. I feel zero guilt in wanting to bang the crap out of Lapita Nyong'o or Tracy Ellis Ross. They're single women and they're available for the most part unless they're seeing someone on the sly and I don't feel guilty at all about fantasizing about getting it on with them because they're delicious and I'm heterosexual and if I had the chance, oh yeah, I'd get it on with them. No guilt, that's right. But one of the other people that I used to fantasize about getting it on with is Beyonce. I think she's yummy. And back in the day before she was married, I used to see her on TV and I'm not going to say what I was thinking, but it involved me doing things to her body and buttocks. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have spelled out that I wanted to do things to her buttocks and breast and vagina, but I mean, I'm a heterosexual man and heterosexual men want to do stuff to women's bodies and I'm a heterosexual man and she's a woman and she has a body and I wanted to do stuff to it. Okay, now, when you now take that into account. Now, of course, I, I don't think I'm alone in wanting to do good stuff to Beyonce okay but I like Jay-Z so when, as soon as he started dating Jay-Z and became married to Jay-Z I immediately threw her off of the fantasy list why because even in my fantasies I would feel like I was betraying someone because I'm a Jay-Z fan I'm driving down the street listening to a Jay-Z song and I'm rapping along with him and bobbing my head and there's something in the back of my head going you shouldn't be bobbing your head to the Jay-Z song you punk because you're fantasizing about doing stuff to his wife's breasts and stuff like that and I couldn't do that so my mind doesn't even allow me to even fantasize like that because I would feel guilty about it and it pisses me off when somebody I like marries a lady that's famous that I like or if I, bec if I see someone that I find famous extremely attractive and they're married to somebody I like and under normal circumstances I'd be fantasizing about them and wishing that they were my wife and I can't do it because they're already married to somebody I like even in my fantasy I can't fantasize I mean that is just wrong you know do you know I find Michelle Obama ridiculously attractive but I really like the president of the United States so I have never actually fantasized about her but I would fantasize about her if she wasn't married to the president if she was just Michelle Obama prominent lawyer I'd fantasize about her I'd fantasize that she was Michelle Thomas wife of the best podcaster in the history of the world <laughs> yes I am shut up okay but I can't do that fantasy. Why? Because she's married to somebody I voted for twice. And I'm not that type of guy. 
So what I'm saying is sometimes you should feel guilty. Like I said, I've never fantasized about her because she's married to Barack Obama and I like him. I don't fantasize about Beyonce anymore because she's married to Jay-Z and I like him. And I can't stand when somebody I like gets married to somebody I don't like. I can't. If I be honest with you right now, if some prominent celebrity that I actually that I actually like starts to get involved with Lupita Nyong'o, I'm going to be pissed off because I really do dig Lupita Nyong'o and the fact that that punk whoever that future punk is I hope she marries some dude who's an executive that I don't give a crap about that's another thing if a female celebrity that I find attractive marries someone I don't give a crap about not that there's anything wrong with a particular dude but that he's somebody I don't know or that I have not become attached to because I've seen a lot of their work I can continue to fantasize about doing stuff to their butts that's right Halle Berry I don't know anything about your husband. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's probably done great work, but I've never seen anything he's been in. I don't even know what the hell he does, but from what I understand, he's a famous guy doing something. Don't remember his name. Don't want to know his name. Don't want to see anything he's in because I would really be pissed off if I saw him, say for the sake of argument, he's an actor. Say I saw a movie and I go, that guy's a, a great actor. I like that guy. I'm going to go see all of his movies. And then I saw him interviewed on the TV program and I'm going, yeah, that's the guy that was in that great movie that I saw and then he references his wife and his wife turns out to be Halle Berry I would be extremely pissed off I'd be looking at him going as much as I enjoyed your movie I enjoyed having Halle Berry in my mental database and I don't know I, I have to weigh his body his future body of work in great films or the fact that I can fantasize about doing stuff to Halle Berry his movies fantasizing about Halle. His movies fantasizing about Halle. I would have to say those movies better be damn good because if they're not damn good, I'm going to be pissed off. Imagine if the bastard just did one movie that I liked and I really love that movie, but he goes on to have a career full of movies that suck and I'm sitting there going, you mean to tell me I missed out on fantasizing about Halle Berry because you did one good movie? You bastard i can't stand you you're now my worst enemy and i'm now gonna start wishing bad stuff on you yeah that's right i said it so what i'm saying right now is female celebrities that i find attractive if you're going to go out with somebody else who's famous you owe it to me s anthony thomas king of podcasting yes i am shut up you owe it to me to go out with somebody who has a great body of work don't date a movie star unless he's done at least 10 good films don't date another musician if you're a singer unless he's done at least five good albums that i like don't be one of those guys who ladies who gets it on with somebody who's a one-hit wonder and i'm sitting there going i can't feel it i can't fantasize about jill scott's perfect face and delicious breasts because this guy had one hit song in 1997 that bastard no so that's what i'm saying famous people there's people out there like me fantasizing about banging the crap out of you and some of us have such high morals that we won't want to bang you if you're dating somebody or married to somebody we like so please do us all a favor only date or marry someone a who is out of the business and that we don't care about what they think and we don't care about their feelings at all and we can go on fantasizing about banging the crap out of you or go out with somebody of prominence somebody who has a great body of work so when we so when our guilt makes us stop fantasizing about banging the crap out of you at least we have a good body of work as the reason that's all i'm saying I know you probably want to marry somebody you love because it's your life. Ha ha ha. Well, no, you're a prominent person in the world and you got to think about somebody other than yourself, you selfish bastards. So all I'm saying is don't get it on with anyone unless they're of equal quality of work than you, because if you do, you're going to ruin it for the rest of us, because I don't feel like shuffling through magazines or going on the Internet trying to find a another prominent celebrity that I find attractive so I can fantasize about getting it on with them just because you want to do what you want to do, damn it. Think about other people. That's right, I said it.
And for those of you out there, ladies, who, when I become famous, are going to fantasize about banging the crap out of me, all I want to say to you is, it doesn't matter who I'm married to. You, you have my permission, and you should not feel guilty. You have my permission to continue to fantasize about banging the crap out of me. Because unlike those other people who are celebrities now, and if this is the future, I would be a celebrity at this point in the future, I care about my fans. And I would want them to feel free to fantasize about banging me. Because I don't blame you. Because I've banged me and I'm great. <laughs> Why did I just say that? I, that, that mean, they, they, I mean, people can pretty much assume that I banged myself. I'm a dude. And, that, and at some point I, I was a teenage, uh, teenage guy and a guy in his early 20s. And of course, you know, teenage dudes and dudes in their early 20s tend to bang themselves often. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you would have just assumed that that happened at some point, but I didn't really need to bring that up at this point. I think I just embarrassed myself. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to very, very graciously back out of this segment that <clears throat> um, uh, segment over. OK, you weird bastards. That has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says podcast. I am your host, S. Anthony Thomas. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate you listening, you sick bastards. Much love to you. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and why wouldn't you? I mean, come on, damn it. Follow me on Twitter, you bastards. Well, my Twitter is at S. Anthony Thomas, and the podcast's Twitter is at S. Anthony Says. I would suggest following both. You can hear this podcast on iTunes. And you can subscribe to it on iTunes. Subscribe to the damn podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. Tune in. Um, you know, quite frankly, I'm everywhere, damn it. I'm everywhere like oxygen. All you got to do is Google, as Anthony says, and you can't miss me, damn it. And whatever podcatcher you're on, make sure you, you subscribe to me on whatever your podcatcher you're on. And please do me a favor. It means a lot. Make sure you give some good 5 or 85 star ratings to this podcast. And when you describe how much you love it, use words like podcasting genius, delicious chocolate man, podcasts that is nectar of the gods whatever I, I don't I'm just making suggestions all I'm saying is give me some damn good reviews because if you gotten this far you like this crap so tell everybody uh, that you like this crap tell your friends spread the word you bastards much love to you all uh, the home base for this podcast of course is santhonysays.podbean.com but of course you can listen to it wherever you want to you have your own podcatchers and the email address is the says podcast at gmail Dot com. You are some cool bastards. Thank you for the kind words in the email. Thank you for following me on t on the Twitter uh, pages. Thanks for the, the reviews. I really appreciate it. I enjoy talking to you every week. And I enjoy talking to you this week. Until next week, my friends. Much love to you, you sick bastards. And as I always say when this thing ends, S. Anthony out.